This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to episode 170 of Geekscape. This is your favorite movies, video games, and comic book review show. We also give you a little bit of news, and I'm Jonathan London, over here on your left side. Every week I like to be joined by a different guest host, but this one is regular for you guys. Ian Kerner, who was on the very first episode, and you guys have asked for him to be here every month. Uh, so, once a month, we've got Ian Kerner... And then we got three other different guest hosts. More the or month. less once a month. More or less once a month. John thinking always fit me in. So yeah. yeah. I can't fit you in. That was a, that two-week gap where I got married and went on honeymoon where everything just kind of... Geekscape kind of fell off the horse. Who do you think you are to have a life? I know. How Geek dare you? Geekscape. How dare you? You know, you don't get to go off and get married yeah. and do things with your life. It was insane. Um, but you had fun at the wedding. I did. I liked seeing you there. I did. I, I liked being there. Um, your favorite part? Of the wedding? Yeah, for those of the, like, I wasn't going to live stream the thing. For the, those people who didn't go, favorite uh, part? What was my favorite part? I mean, there were so many great things, you know. I mean, great singing. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was funny seeing you guys. Our dance. Lo- your dance was great. Laura was a beautiful <laughs> bride. I, I was sitting there watching you dance thinking, wow, look at this. You had a little bit of Saturday Night Fever, a little bit of Grease. <laughs> I was really impressed by that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it was, we practiced. Uh, I'm not a natural dancer, of course. Um, okay, Ian, let's talk Comic-Con real quick before we get into the review of The Last Airbender. I'm going. Uh, you are definitely going. Uh, we're going to have that booth there. You've seen some of our t-shirt designs we, we're going to be offering there. But uh, what are you looking forward to this year? Well, you, you know, I really wish Comic-Con could like get a schedule out to people like before, like the week before. Because, yeah. I mean, what am I looking forward to? Who the fuck knows? Who Other than it's knows? Comic-Con and it'll be great. But, but thinking like you know? like what the big... I mean, we're probably going to see some Thor. There's probably definitely yes. going to be a Thor There's panel. There's definitely going to be a Thor maybe, panel. Maybe even a Captain America panel. And, and, or and, the same. And maybe some stuff on Avengers. Right. I've heard rumors of stuff on Avengers. Wow. And then, you know? and then so, like, what else could cool. we look for? I mean... Because uh, like the big splash last year was like the Avatar footage, um, things of like that level. What do you right, think would right. be the big announcements? Um, well, big announcements or, or, or big like a trailer. Footage? I would love to see I mean, Thor footage. That 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 that's kind of what we're all looking for. Right, so. right. We'll, we'll we'll definitely get Thor footage because the movie's completely shot. We'll probably get some Captain America footage by then because mm-hmm. they're shooting that now. Right. Um, as I said, I hear you know, rumors I've heard is we might get something big on Avengers. What about um, um, what about the uh, competing Marvel? And it's funny to say competing Marvel projects, but something like Spider-Man reboot. Now that they've cast Andrew Garfield, what about something like they, they, X-Men they, First First Class? X-Men First Class, and yeah. even, even if it's just a panel 
with like they, Mark they, they, Webb. They, they, or they, yeah, we, we, we've seen that before. Like, they, they might they might drag him down because mm-hmm. it is a good way to get Buzz going. Right. Um, God knows X Men First Class is gonna fucking need it. Listen, the casting's good, but I you know Michael I'm still Fassbender worried about about how guys. fast they're trying to make yeah. that movie happen. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. I mean, what, what's see. her name? The girl that casts Emma Frost. Oh, uh, I I always loved her though. We we from what? Um, what's her name? What's her name? Uh, I just think she's a hot piece of ass. No, I I, I like, saw wow. her in um I I saw her in, she's out of my league. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. And she's I think she's great. Yeah, good actress. Uh, good actress. You know, we'll see how she Gorgeous. does. Snooty, uh, you know, unattainable. Right. And, and then we'll see how much Emma Frost is actually part of that movie. Right. Because if it's the five, you know, the cast well, beast, if it's the five core X-Men, we, we, then we'll see. That's, we'll, that, we'll, that, we'll that's see a big if. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, huge I mean, listen. They're, they're, if they do it right is what I might yeah, as well, well Excuse say. me, back up. Yeah. So, is it a prequel to the other ones, or is this a complete reboot? Because if it's the... Five core X Men, and then it doesn't work with the continuity right. of the third film. And you can't just shoehorn Logan in there, right? To, to sell toys. I mean, really, I, what I would love to see. Well, you shouldn't, but no, you shouldn't. They might. What, what I would really love to see, and I know I'm, I'm completely pretending that this property is somewhere else, <laughs> right. is I would love to see that those first four core X Men with, with five. or five five X Men with like a hint of, where, a, of the. Where did you say four? Who were you? Omitting? I was thinking of. I was thinking of the guy with, who turns into flame, and then the dude made a rock. And the stretchy guy and the girl who turns invisible. Right. No, uh, seeing those first five X Men. So is that from Planetary? <laughs> no, Fantastic Four is also at at, at uh, Fox, and they're Planetary also talking about Fantastic Four. Um, but I'd love to see. I'd just love to see it handled nicely with with like a, an Emma Frost and like a bit of a bigger universe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe hint at Charles Xavier's kid or hint at at, at Mara McTaggart, but not go too far beyond those five first characters. And they're just not going to do it. No. You just know they're not going to do Fr- it. Frankly, I mean, <laughs> if you even look at the, at the mythology established in the films, first class, they'd probably include Storm in it. Right. Right. You know? I yeah. mean, it's definitely Beast. It's definitely Cyclops. definitely Marvel Girl. Right. You know? And, again, that mythology, no Iceman. Yeah. No Iceman. I, yeah, Iceman younger. And, you then, know, and, and then they, they yeah. get to Angel until later. Right. So, I mean, we'll see. But then again, hopefully Comic-Con gives us a little bit of a hint. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is what I'm in control of, which is T-shirts, and I think we're going to have a limited print at the booth, and then we're going to be giving stuff away, and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Some of our friends are going to be going to be there. We're going to have a, sign- a couple signings there. We're going to be on a uh, panel. One weird thing about booking signings in the panel that we've that we've recognized uh, in the last couple of weeks, there's a panel that Thursday night at seven, and we're doing it with Comics and Comics, uh, and the whole thing is. We're trying to get more comic book professionals on the show. Okay. A lot of them, like Ed Brubaker, are not going to Comic-Con. Really? Yeah, and, and it's almost like the comics community, the writers and, and artists, are kind of being like, you know what, that's kind of Hollywood's convention now, and we're totally ignored there, even though it's Comic-Con, so if I can't get any FaceTime with my fans, if I can't... I, I didn't, I didn't if, realize if, that's happening. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard talk about people being if, upset if, with if my, if my projects are getting snowballed by these giant Hollywood, you know, Twilight initiatives that Hollywood has like it, it actually is too expensive for me to go to Comic Con because I'm not going to get anything out of it because I, I can't get any headlines out of it so uh, I know Ed Brubaker is not going to be there and a couple of the other creators that we've reached out to to try and be part of like Geekscape or Comics on Comics is just they're just not going to be there at all that's upsetting but it's happened I, I've watched the convention change yeah. Yeah, this will be my 14th that's insane and, and yeah I'm sure when you first went it was mainly oh yeah yeah, yeah. so 
<laughs> that being said, we're going to give you guys still all that coverage. We're not going to boycott Comic-Con just yet. Well, look, <laughs> the, 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 the reality is that, you know, Geekscape is not only about comics. Right, so. right. Uh, we also, we, got, we brought you guys E3 and we got tons of movies too. Speaking of movies, we got to do this. Um, uh, I did stand-up. Friday night and uh, and I, I opened with the, with hey how's everybody doing because it's just like an easy hey we're all having fun you know and I go great so I guess I'm the only person who paid for the last Airbender today everybody started laughing and, and I was like if you ask me why I went to see this movie it's the same reason you have to show up in person to identify a body of a loved one they tell you it's dead you've heard that the loved one was mangled in the wreck but you still need to show up. To identify the body. And I, that's I felt, kind of those are kind of my sentiments no, going to the last year. I, I, I felt the same way. Yeah, yeah, you hear all the horror stories, but you have to see it for yourself well, to know what's exactly look, look, what, look. The, what the damage really Do is. You, you know, to someone who loves the series, right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, we're both we're huge fans. I'm such a fan, as you know, that last week I rewatched the whole series. Yeah. Because I mean, granted, I'm insane, but you know, it had been a while, <laughs> so and I, I got a DVD. I was on the phone with Ian, and he goes, "I'm so pumped about." Uh, he's like, I'm so looking forward to this movie, even though I know I shouldn't be, that I started rewatching the whole thing. Yesterday I started, I'm already through water, which is the first season. Right, right. Oh, I, I started Thursday night, I was done Sunday morning, and I worked on Friday. There you have it, folks. Ian Kerner, you wonder why one man can host once a month? There you have it. Well, you know. <laughs> the dedication. But, but yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and, it, and the show is so good, and, you know, I remember the Is it your favorite thing. animated show? Because I described it on Friday night as my favorite animated show. I don't normally think in superlatives. It, it may right. be. I mean, it's just so great, right. you know, across the board. It's, it's almost, just, yeah, it's such almost a wonderful show. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, a, you know, I don't want to jump into the review, but the scary thing is that the animated show emotes so well and it feels so real and, you know, the movie's cartoonish. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. It, what's strange is that you watch the show and the characters are three-dimensional in the animated film I mean the in the animated show, series because yeah. cause they're funny they care about each other this they character take development they, they I mean remember when it opens and they're playing yeah you know even after they discover Aang they, they go and they uh, and, and they chase those those lion seals or whatever they right, are right and I mean, I just you're, remember, you're watching I, them as kids. We're well, thinking like you know, you, you want to see like I was like, oh, I want to see him do the air ball and he's spinning around it because it's like it's this playful thing. Of course, they don't do anything like that. No, it, it's Shyamalan would never do anything made the movie. I'm not Shyamalan like going into this, and I, and I have not been a fan of his films since the first one. I didn't like Unbreakable. I, I've. You guys, I did. You guys actually. know I don't like that movie. It's yeah. just I actually I actually it, love it, Unbreakable. It's it has the same problem. It's the same problem with this movie. It's this. There's un- a shroud. This unjustified. Pregnancy of emotion, yeah. which like with Unbreakable, I just couldn't justify myself watching a forty-five-year-old man who was too dumb to realize he'd never like hurt himself. <laughs> and, and 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 the whole time that logic leap, I couldn't make it okay. because because it didn't move at a speed where I was watching action and story happen. If if Unbreakable had started, if Unbreakable had had a pace of a superhero movie where. You're not questioning the 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 kind of logic. It, it, You're it's just unfolding following. so slowly that it's giving you way too much time to think. It's giving me way too much time okay. to think, and all I could think it's of was, was, yeah, I'd leave you too. All you do is sulk, and right. and the problem is that, that you have this this franchise in the Last Airbender where it's fun and it's colorful, and it's three dimensional, and you really only add the dimension of the sulking, like pregnant sand in the vagina. Mm-hmm. 
Well, right. Well, well, well the, the, there, there is a backdrop in, in Last Airbender, which is what makes it great for, uh, I should say, Avatar The Last Airbender yeah. the series, makes it great for adults as well as kids. That there's this ongoing, very important, very big deal, dour storyline of the Fire Nation has practically conquered the world. And, and the spirituality is all, you know, yeah. the spirituality is all treated seriously, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, people's there's, beliefs there's, are treated seriously. There's a lot that's yeah. serious in it, but Shyamalan distills it down to just that. Right. Um, I was excited when I first saw the trailer, thinking, wow, the visuals were right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you see the Fire Nation ships, and they're firing, you know, the, the catapults on fire and all that. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, they, they no realized ring, No Ringer looked like Aang. Yeah, you know, I thought he was every, great. Everything looked good. And then, then you start seeing the trailers where you start to see some of the issues that people have for right. with it, with, where you see the white cast playing well, what you think should have been Inuit, from seeing the trailers, or from seeing the show. You from know seeing I mean? the show, and the other thing was that, you know, I went in, and again, as we said, it was panned so universally, but I was like, of course I have to go. And I walk in, I'm thinking, all right, there's this big, you know, presentations, or, you know, I should say protests about... I saw know, it in front of the arc light. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. And, and I was I like... I drove past it. All right, you know, I was like, all right, like you know what, people l- let's see. And you get in the movie, and the movie starts, and you see these two kids, and they're Caucasian, Okay, I'm trying to go along with it because before that, when you see the titles, like like the titles were kind of done cool with the right. silhouette of the martial artist. Yeah, yeah. Doing a different thing. And they do it very similar to the show, so that's kind of cool. Um, and and the the kid, I think he was in Twilight playing Sokka. <laughs> he was um, playing Sokka, not Sokka. Yeah, I, I, I was going to get to <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to okay, that. Okay, um, but I was like, you know, he does the goofy Sokka things a bit, you know, uh, Katara. You know, she's earnest, she's pretty. I get why they cast her. Then you get into the village and everyone's into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. All right, if you wanted to say, all right, it's not going to be a fully Asian world, okay, I'm going to try to go along with this. But there's not but, even consistency. But the entire village is into it except the characters that are talking. And, and, and the grandma. I'm saying the characters yeah. that are talking. Yeah. Them and their grandma are not into it. Everyone else is into it. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, and then you move on to other villages and things. Same shit. And remember how... how they're either Indian of the Fire Nation or they're Asian of some sort. And the things that he... Pu- the, the, the little details and the little beats that, that he pulled out uh, of, the, of the adaptation hurt. You know, like the first time that you see that, um, that she's waterbending and so- Sokka's completely oblivious to it and, right. he get, and he gets wet and he doesn't understand well, why it wasn't, he it wasn't that he was so a, that, well like, no no like now he's he knows that she's waterbending right. and he's like he's super serious he's, well, just, well, what they tried and, and to do all, is and it's all um, it's, it's all just dialogue for I mean it's all just explaining everything away it, right there's a lot of fun. exposition and, and, and they he tries to give the you know Soko's this great Soka. comic relief and in the show, Sokka is. Yes. In the yes. film, so- Sokka. Sokka. Yes. 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 Is, is, is a sandy uh, vagina. Right. So, 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 what, 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 what Jonathan is referring to is they have the character Katara say the names, and she can't say Avatar, Ang, or Sokka correctly, apparently, and no one decided to correct her, including this the director slash writer. I mean, we have 61 episodes of a show where they say the names in every single episode, and yet the pronunciation's different. It's not like it's the written word and this is open to interpretation and we don't know because we only know it from the book. You know? Yeah, it's established. Yeah, this is fully established. I mean, she says Ang. You know, this is not a pronunciation thing. The name is Ang. Right. Okay. Everything, I mean, I mean, literally, like, like cutting to the quick, everything in this movie is mistreated. 
Yeah, well, I thought Oppa looked great. Uh, but he wasn't treated right. Well, he wasn't uh, in uh, it enough. I mean, he, he's, he's barely in it. You don't understand that he or Mo, and Momo are integral parts of the, of right. the group. And, and you, said, you said you heard it because I didn't think he ever named Momo. I think you said there was he a... Never pro- said, they never yeah. said Momo. Okay. Momo might as well have been de- Okay, you know, someone else told me that they thought he, he said it in the, in the, uh, in the, in the temple. Air temple? In, in the, in, in, no, in the, in the Northern Water Tribe. I didn't hear it. No. I was convinced I walked no. out and was saying he never even named Momo. And, 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 and again, like the problems with the past... With it, with all, all of his movies, is that lack of urgency, especially in that water temple scene at the t- at the end, the yes. northern water temple. Here comes the Fire Nation. Even after the Fire Nation arrive, no one's running. Right. No one's manning the parapets. Well, they, I, I, they, actually, they, you, you, you see people no, manning no, the parapets, no. and then you see the Fire Nation already in the city. Right. Well, 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 well you're jumping ahead to the point that right. you know okay. vi- visually, you know, you have all these moves that you know, and if someone in the series has the ability to bend, then you know, through certain katas. You know they can create these you know master of the elements and you know we, we get to the scene in in the earth nation they're in a village and i swear i thought i was watching cop rock i know it's a dated <laughs> reference cop rock was a series in the 80s it didn't Aaron last Sorkin very long it. from yeah and and stephen boschko who was an Bosco, producer was, yeah. okay um you know did this show where he decided you know he was already a big fan of YPD blue and he does this other show it's a cop show and they're just going to break out into song and dance in the middle of the show it's widely regarded as the worst thing ever made. And here, you know, you, you have uh, this movie, and you get to this place where... They're in the village. The Earth they're village. in the village, and they're going to square off. You know, you have Fire Nation soldiers and Aang. And Aang's like, oh, you know, stop right there. You know, you know don't come any closer. And then he goes through, like, 12 moves, and they just stand there and watch him. And then a rock moves, you know? And it's like, and I swear to God, you know, it's... It's not as bad later when he's got greater mastery of things, and you know it's like a big sweeping right. war move. But when only a small thing happens, it's like I thought instead of CGI, it may as well have been a string with the rock because it's like, oh, this little thing moved, yeah. you know. After he did, and I'm and I'm standing going like, well, I know. Why don't we just do seven or eight moves before anything happens? I'll just stand here and wait. Well, the the all of the fight scenes, all of the action sequences look like they were slept walk through. Right. Like it, like everything well, is the, so it, deliberately. Right. The slow. show is exciting, and it's like okay. I, I mean, I, I literally almost fell asleep a few times in several of the so action slow. scenes. Yeah, super slow. Uh, the characters aren't interacting with each other. They're all individual, and you see, uh, you just see things unfolding very slowly. Mm-hmm. Even though the biggest gripe with the movie is that they condense the story so much, it's just it, it is a prime example of someone ad- adapting a, a material and just picking the wrong spots. I agree. I agree. You know, you know, you know across the, the board, he, he combined two great episodes from the series: um, the Northern Air Temple mm-hmm. and the Blue Spirit. And, and I kind of understood he did it so that he can create an organic way of Aang getting captured. And, you know, they brought in that, you know, uh, that uh, Zuko actually, you know, disguised himself to rescue him. And all that was more or less fine. Well, they never they, really understand his intentions. Well, no, they, right. they, they, they actually, they said it. They didn't explain it as well as they might yeah. have. But they did that scene mm-hmm. that was an added scene about if, you know, Zuko's going to keep his disgrace if, you know, he gets ahead. You're right. The, you would have expected in a movie with so much exposition, they would have done more exposition to really hammer it home. This is why I did it. But I mean, I, I, I got that. Maybe I got it because I, I knew it going in. So sure. I got that part. But the thing is, in this series, so now Zuko's basically saved Aang and then he gets knocked unconscious and Aang sees it's him because no one else knows that. 
And in this series, the series, Aang has sort of a monologue. Zuko is seemingly unconscious, in which Aang, in a very heartfelt moment, basically says some stuff to the effect of, you know, we, we don't have to be enemies, and we can be right. friends, can and be it friends. can be okay. And in the series, it's actually, you know, you're not, you don't roll your eyes. I mean, you know, you get a sense of, okay, inevitably, this, th- there's a kid that's a main character who's the bad guy. And, you know, and, you're, and of course and you're you going to wonder... in the Northern Air Temple when he right. kidnaps him a second time and says that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there, you know, it's a big part of season one, a big part of this movie. And, you know, and you're wondering, is this kid going to get redeemed or not? Of course, you know, in that sense, all right, let's say it, because a lot of the critics are saying it. The series has in, in its roots, you know, it's derivative of a lot of things. There's a lot of Star Wars in it, you know? And frankly, Zuko is very much the Darth Vader character in the way that Lucas ultimately made us realize when you don't see it in the original trilogy that the whole thing is about him. Right. You know, it's, you know, the rise, fall, and redemption of Anakin Skywalker. You know, there's definitely something to that in the Zuko character. In the show, in the movie, the movie becomes so truncated. You know, it's so, you know, it's cut down the show so much that all you see is the original source. You don't really see the extra that's coming there. A big, well, well, my I point, mean, I, yeah. I'm sorry, because I did, I did go off on a tangent, <laughs> is that it, by cutting this particular scene, what you end up getting is, so Aang says this stuff to Zuku, and then Zuku opens his eyes and he blasts him with fire, and Aang takes off, he misses him, and Aang gets away. Right. That's the show. In the movie, Zuku's laying there, and Aang starts to walk away, and he opens his eyes, and Aang just looks back at him and goes, you know, we could be friends. And then it just cuts away. Uh, and, and I'm sitting there going like, there's no fire blast, no yeah. anything. So it's just like... There's no drama. It's just lame. No tension, no you know? drama. And also, where the fuck was Appa? Because one of the things they do is, right. in the show, there's an organic reason why Aang's on his own and he gets taken. In the movie, they actually have Aang go off on his own with Appa... The and then world. and then he gets taken and somehow he's back with Appa later and you don't know what the hell happened to Appa. The, the one thing that I was going to mention was uh, you have all these characters, you know, like uh, Sokka and his sister and they all, they're all in the, in the movie too well aware of the world at this point. There's no discovery and it's hard to be the voice of the, it's hard for the audience to play catch up with, with characters who already know so much. In the show, the one character who was very important to that process was Uncle. He was inst- instead of aunt, instead of grandma, who you're never going to see again. Right. Who explains it? Uncle was. The what, one. what about grandma with the two? Oh. I believe. I believe yeah. because the show's introduction is Katara's voiceover right. saying, "I believe you know Ang, you know, you know can you save uh, the world." So they have the grandma actually say that with the same earnestness. With the same map. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so you've got you've got uncle and uncle doesn't do the job of explaining no. why the spirit world is so important. Uncle doesn't come across we, as we the great learned, you know, elder that he is. And in we the don't ship. understand that the dragon in the spirit world is Roku's dragon. We don't understand Well, the well worse than that. It. Worse than that. They actually set up a thing in this movie where oh, and you don't understand they, that Appa the importance of Appa right, is that he's spirit, his his spirit, spirit guy. Yeah. It's well, incredible. Well, well, in the show you know, they actually make a fail point. fail something that important? Well, they make the point in the show over the course of the show that the way that people that are benders have learned bending is there are animals that have bending abilities. So for the fire, it's the dragons. For uh, the air nomads, it's the sky bison, mm-hmm. which is what Appa is. Um, in the movie, they say one of the special things about the Avatar is he can communicate with the spirits. And they say in the spirit world, there are creatures that don't even exist. So now they're actually eliminating the idea that there even are dragons running around. Right. And in the show, 
You see dragons. You right. see you well, see well, the you, sea monsters. Well, you, you see, see, see the, the previous avatars. That's a right. big part of what the avatar is. Is he can commune with all of his past lives. Well, they've kind of. I'm not even clear that it is Roku. Right. Because they haven't said that. But that's Roku's I, dragon. Right. Right. In the, show, in the show, Roku's spirit guide was his dragon, and he, the dragon ultimately brings Aang to Roku to commune with him in the spirit world. Here, you just see a dragon talking to him. At first, I hoped at least. All right, they were just going to combine it and say it's Roku's avatar. You know, not to, right. you know, do a pun, a double meaning of the term avatar, but, right. you know, that it was an avatar of Roku. Um, and they don't even explain that. What's even worse as far as, you know, the, the way they treat, you know, the past lives is they don't even go there. They just kind of inherently say, okay, the avatar doesn't believe in violence. Now, this is a big point in the show, especially in the third season. Okay, that Aang, as basically a monk, you know, doesn't believe in violence. So this is something he's going to struggle with in season three about how is he going to Especially take care the of the Fire yeah. Nation, yeah. you know? And here they're going, oh no, all avatars don't, they're just spiritual. And I thought this was really pushing this Buddhist idea, which is not what, what the avatar is. There's a big point that previous avatars, you know, because um, each avatar, it's a cycle. They go through diff each nation. Mm -hmm. The previous one was Roku, he was from the Fire Nation. Uh, and you go said that, back that a couple with Kyoshi. Yeah. yeah, and Kyoshi was, you know, from the a Earth. Kyoshi Warriors. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and they cut the Kyoshi Warriors out of this, right. which I'll get to in a second. But because you see footage having been shot. Right. I, I know. I heard the footage was shot, and that he felt that then they just disappear. So <laughs> that didn't he want, stop you from other major characters. Right. So he wants to come back to it later. Right. You know, he intends to reintroduce him I hate later. To tell you. You're not coming back to it later. Well, actually, I know the apparently movie made 55 million. You no, know, apparently it's overperforming is what is what Nikki Fink had said. Yeah, kind of interesting. Guys, um, stop that in its track. I, I, I want an 80 percent drop next weekend. All right. Well, we took this bullet. I got to tell you, I got in for free because the person in the, it, it, that was the ticket taker, or uh, the person charging tickets to the AMC, goes, "Are you Jonathan Lennon?" No. I swear to you, Laura was there. No. <laughs> I didn't pay. What? What, Laura? Come here. We walked up to the AMC, and, and what, what happened at the window? Jonathan London. What? It pays to do Geekscape, and that pay doesn't go towards Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> You're telling me AMC theaters let Jonathan in for free? So unemployed did. Well, the employee grabbed her walkie-talkie and said, uh, "My brother's here. Can my brother? Can I let my brother in for free?" And she lied, putting her job on the line. Why would she do that? To get him in free. For and six dollars. She only could get him in free, and then I had. You paid to six pay. bucks for two, so not bad. Okay. Not bad. But then he had to sign as a guest, like his real name, like it wasn't his her brother. Like I was like, isn't that? Doesn't anyone? Check you know what? Me? It's still a cool celebrity story. You know. And then she tried to friend me. Like I can't. I can't. Here's I can't the thing. Friend Here, guys, here's the thing to, to friending Laura on Facebook. If if the only mutual, if the only no. share, if the only shared friends are. Gilmore and No, I'm me? not even friends with Gilmore. Okay, yeah, then you can't. You have friends with me. I would be friends with you. Thank yeah, you. Because you guys are friends you outside. Of, of yeah, that's true. But if our only friend is Jonathan, I, I can't. It's nothing personal. I just... Have well, uh, well, you have to keep a separation between Geekscape and right. the rest of your life. So, that makes so, sense. So, Ian, um, Ian uh, well, let's start... Uh, so, the movie. All right. So, no, no, so the, the Fire, the, Fire Nation? Yes. It's not such a bad place. <laughs> yeah. They had peaceful fields. Yeah. I was expecting like volcanoes. I was expecting right. fire. Right. His it, like, well, like, not, like, like the like the you, you, you like Fire Nation tyranny. Palace. Fire Nation Palace was the lobby of a nice hotel. Right. Well, no, you want to see tyranny. You don't have a sense that it's a really draconian place to live. It was 
there were peaceful fields with animals right. and people farming. It seemed like a nice place. In in both fi- major Fire Nation bad guys, seemed pretty reasonable. They seemed seem nice. so bad. He just yeah. wants to bring a little order yeah. to the world. He's just like, oh, go take care of this if you can. Yeah. All right, I'm working out. No yelling. Yeah. All pretty calm. You know, actually, the girl at the end playing Azula, she did the little maniacal thing that, you know, I thought that was decent. Uh, when you saw it, it was like... Yeah, yeah she had a little twitch in the, you know, but but the, but the movie was so lame duck that I bet... I mean, the reaction to that from the majority of audiences was, what was that all about? Right. Like, we've seen so little about his sister. Right. He didn't even, in that closing scene, refer to her as her, his daughter... That you're just like, some chick's gonna go after him? No, there, there was a reference to her earlier how she was the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you see him with the photo. You see. Right. You see. I, I actually I thought. Well, no, 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 when I looked at the photo and it was a drawing, I, I was thinking, oh, they don't wanna cast it yet. And then it ended up, like, why wasn't it in a real photo? Right. Um, uh, this, this movie, across the board, was a disappointment it was, and a failure. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really upsetting. Well, well, well I, I wasn't done. I was talking about the spirituality stuff, and so then you know, they completely eliminated the Avatar state. Uh, his eyes glow. No, but I it know, wasn't I the know, Avatar state. The Avatar. They state had him glow, is, is which was the yeah. um, you know the yeah. symbolic Avatar state, but it was I just know. him glowing when he's using his powers. I know. So they've completely eliminated. I mean, this is an important thing because again. They're eliminating anything that has to do with his reincarnation. And that was the that They're was not the point really where, getting into his communing with his past that selves. That was the point where Laura jumped like on the show was when I was watching the end of season one and, right. he, and he turns into that giant thing and she's like, What, what? are you watching? This yeah, it's huge. like this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And no, he just makes a giant wave. Right. Which is Because and oh oh there's a wave. We better run away now. Yeah. Wave might come crashing down. Real, real, Time to go. Real, real merciless. And he doesn't even push them away. He just right. makes a wave. It's not like right. he makes a wave and then pushes them miles. I mean, I was worried in the show he became like the water monster, and it, it does look a little bit hokey. I didn't want to see that exactly, but it then goes and starts like splashing everyone around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the, mean, in the show, it's like they probably all died. Mm-hmm. This was not a guys. I'm guessing a lot of you guys already saw this movie, but if you haven't, please. But don't, wait, don't I mean, you know, so they eliminated the whole thing about that, you know. That the princess is already It's not like engaged. the movie was two and a half hours. They're, it's not like I, the movie was two and a half hours. It's not like they 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 needed to make room. Yeah, it was just gross. Anyway, it was bottom line it was is, like it was streamlined to mitigate the pain that it would inflict on us. I went Thursday afternoon. I came home, read a couple comics, was sitting around, I was going, "Wow, I'm depressed." I crawled into bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> you just went to sleep at nine o'clock. I did. I did. I was like. I think I need a nap. No, I just didn't want to. Get, I woke up a couple times. I was like, I don't want to get it. It did ruin my day. It. Yeah, like I, I was depressed. It really ruined my day. I, I was depressed because you know you see money. The effects are cool. Um, they nailed. You know. Of the yeah, I mean, designs. visually, obviously the color the was wasn't there. It was you know the, the pallor, I should say. You know, but I mean, yeah, they were they were on the way. I'll tell you. Um, and it just falls so short. I it just I fully blame it on direction. A weekend ago, uh, the, past, the weekend prior, uh, Laura and I were house-sitting for um, a friend of hers who has a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, and these kids were pulling at me, begging me to watch House of Flying Daggers with them. Okay. I'd seen it before, I'm watching it again, and the entire time I'm watching it, these two kids, seven and, and three, who are big Avatar The Last Airbender cartoon fans, right. are just glazed to the TV. And this is a subtitled movie. Yeah. And they, they don't, the youngest definitely can't read. The seven-year-old probably can't keep up with a lot of the subtitles. 
they love it. Okay. And you look at the you look at a movie like that, which has a, an amazing visual language, has incredible like like fight sequences, a vet, yeah, amazing uh, effects, and you see a movie like John Woo's Red Cliff last year, which I didn't has see that. which has enormous battle sequences and enormous war sequences with warships coming down a river. And when I saw that movie, I was just like, this is how the Fire Nation should be treated. And you look at the at, at those Asian directors with scope and the ability production wise to make those movies on a budget that is friendly to Hollywood. And it's still, I mean, these movies still are two and a half hours, but pack a punch at a great pace. And they're balanced movies. They have humor in them. They have drama in them. They have romance in them. They have intrigue. They have subplots upon sub subplots. It just broke my heart to be watching House of Flying Daggers knowing I'm going to get M. Night Shyamalan's Airbender. Because that's the way that this series should have been treated. Yeah. Bottom line, such a hack. I mean, you didn't like his movies originally. I did like his I, early I, I movies. Saw, I saw um, the first one. I saw the first one opening night in New York. I didn't know what I was going, in, coming, right. going into. To. Right. I just wanted to see a movie, and it, it scared me so bad. The, uh, the one that he did that was good. Six Sense. Six Sense. Yeah. And then before that, he did the Rosie O'Donnell movie. Right. I didn't see <laughs> no, that. No, he did. <laughs> They're acting like he didn't make that movie. Right, right. Uh, now it's evident that not only did he make that movie, it may be one of his best. <laughs> which is the, the tragedy. So anyway... Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Could, could this movie is this is this franchise dead in film? I mean, he can still finish this out, but there's no hope for this thing being remade by a better filmmaker. In no, 10 years. no, yeah. no. There's there's no hope. It, no, no one would ever remake it. Um, look, in, in the you know, is, you in have the, the bottom, but you know what? Maybe it makes money. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any hope that someone else continues it. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, This promising filmmaker who everybody talked about in the scope of the next Spielberg is quickly telling everybody that he's a second-rate Paul Thomas Anderson, or Paul Anderson, which is the saddest thing about it. Paul Paul W.S. Anderson? Paul W.S. Anderson, because Paul W.S. Anderson's movies are at least cohesive. Yeah. You know know what? I want to see another Resident Evil. Totally. I'll I'll see some 3D Resident Evil. Yeah. You heard it here first, using James Cameron's system. Right, yeah, the sure. commercial that goes using James Cameron's. I, b- bottom line, like Mila Jovovich and Ali Larder jumping around, killing pe- you know zombies and shit. Right. Fucking a, um, guys. Come in. Uh, we need to know what Ian Kerner thinks of Andrew Garfield, the actor, uh, being cast as Peter Parker. This is the British actor. I saw him in Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. I'm sure he, I heard he's great in A Boy, which is like a, a British film. That. Yeah. Um, did you see Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus? I, I like the movie. He's fine. I it's mean, fine. You know, I, it really is kind of like like we knew a lot about Tobey Maguire when he'd been cast. We, yeah. We'd seen him since yeah. he was younger. It, now, Andrew Garfield, we just don't know a whole lot about him. Right. And it's which which honestly brings me some hope. I, I like the idea of don't try to you know jam a movie star down our throats. Right. You know, with uh, you know with the casting. Um. You know, um, I I want to see more of where they're going. In uh, in all honesty, a fresh start with no like. Preconceived notions of any part of it, it really is is the kind of Spider-Man I want. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Party Down got canceled by Stars. I love that show. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I but uh, you never, oh, it's well, so good. You'd love it. Well, you know, a, a friend of ours sat, didn't sit with you at the wedding, but uh, Scott Starkdyke, one of the guys who worked on Spider-Man Two, right? And Spider-Man One, he was on the show years ago, and then uh, his wife Danielle Starkdyke was the line producer. Right, right. Party Down. No, she's a producer like, actually. She's more, more than just line producer. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was the producer of it, and you're just like, oh, Party Down. <laughs> I heard it. I, I, everybody I know. I wish you. I wish you'd introduce me to that. 
Um, yeah, you, you didn't think. Well, about you it. were busy training Nar Williams in the way of Krav Maga for, ah, yes, for three yeah. hours. Well, he was interested. We have about four hours of video of you with Nar. Oh yeah, okay. Training him. At our it wasn't training. We were Krav, talking. Krav Maga. I didn't train him. I was going to make a trailer called Ian Kerner, The Most Dangerous Man Alive. Well. And it was just going to be clips that we took of that conversation. Yeah. Because we had a bunch of those flip cameras. Yes, yes. And we have a lot of footage of you. We're doing a little bit. I was showing a little bit of knife takeaways. Right. We would, we uh, we have this one clip that's hilarious of my brother in the foreground pretending like the video is of him. When really the video is of you in the background with Nars' thumb pretending like how you would break his thumb if he was attacking you. Which ah. is one of the most badass. I literally want to make a trailer that says, Ian Kerner, the most dangerous man alive. Right. It just shows you doing like slow-mo moves. I like it. Look I want to see that. that. I'd watch that. <laughs> I would watch a show called Ian Kerner, the most dangerous man alive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it, you know, you capture bad guys and then you see them like in a chair in like a dank basement and you're questioning them, but you're, but really all you're doing is just punishing them with like Thunderbolts trivia <laughs> or like, like comic it. book trivia. I like it. He's I like, like it. I can't take anymore. And you're like, wait, I haven't gotten on the subject of JSA. And he's like, no, enough of this. I wanted to go back to the, did you really buy that it was Baron Zemo at the end of Thunderbolts okay. number one? <laughs> you know, but because I knew it wasn't. Come on. As, uh, Is that a segue into comics, or are we going to finish talking about uh, it? Party Down had a lot of Judd Apatow cast in it. A lot of people from the state and uh, Judd Apatow. All this news is from the Geekscape website. He's joining up with Paul Rubens to make a Pee Wee Herman-ish movie. So ish or is it? I, I don't know, but the the news is on the Geekscape website. I think it's a Pee Wee Herman movie. That's, that was my Judd Apatow. It's a new, yeah, a new uh, Pee Wee Herman. We're down with that. Uh, and then Matt Kelly just posted that there's a Free Enterprise two on the way. I'm not a fan of the Free Enterprise movie. It was, I really liked it. Was it was annoying to me. Um, well, but for me, the, the, but, but basically it's Geekscape. It's a bunch of geeks talking about geek stuff. Exactly, so. exactly. And you know, this is Free Enterprise was basically. Before it became the whole William Shatner meta, be himself, you know, right. be kooky. It's the first time that we really saw that. So, well, not, yeah. I mean... So I, I can see when it came out, it was totally fresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, actually, arguably, that Saturday Night Live skit where he tells all the I geeks to get a life is probably the first time we really <laughs> and he saw goes, that. that was me playing evil. <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. Um, that. All right, our segue into comics actually should be this conversation about the new Wonder Woman design from Jim Lee and J. Michael Straczynski. Yes. Where well, Straczynski didn't do the design. He's just writing the book. He's just writing the book. But looking at the design, it seems like she was hanging around JLA Watchtower and was like, or the satellite, and was like, oh, post death of Superman, Superboy lost his jacket. I think I'll put it on. Well, look, look, you know, and you said this to me before, and it, it seems like Lee. everyone's forgotten that when Artemis was Wonder Woman back in the 90s, that this is basically the, the Deodato outfit. I mean, mm -hmm. again, running around in a jacket. What I like a lot of people commented is, you know, the whole stick people in a jacket thing. You know, that's like like you know the Avengers, the X Men. Everyone had to wear a cool leather jacket in the nineties. Right. And yeah, you know, and, and a utility belt. And, and Grant Morrison even kept that going. Right. You know, well, um, Grant, Grant Morrison brought it back into Grant the Morrison whole. Like, let's just wear full leather. We'll make it black. You know, yeah. yeah it was the X Men as the Matrix. You right. Know? But and, uh, and, and yay or nay on this on this uh, design because really you just take the jacket off and cut the pants and it's the same Wonder Woman right. costume. Right. 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 Look, the, the big the big point is the plot. You know. And some people call me an apologist for it. I'm a huge J. Mike Krasinski fan. I, I, am too. I, mean, I, I love am too. Babylon 5. And, and you his know, comic I mean, book work. I love, yeah, you know, comic we were talking earlier about fantastic. Spider Man. Yeah, so. yeah. And, you know, and, and actually, we'll have to segue into something yeah. else. It, we'll go into that in yeah. a moment. But, um, you know, I, I'm a huge, huge fan. You know, when, when I heard the plot, I mean, because, you know, we only got in the issue 600. Um, 
basically a you know a, a prologue mm -hmm. to where he's going. It was actually a, it's a really good issue. The one um, would, yeah, would yeah. you recommend this uh, J. Michael Straczynski one Woman is a good jumping on place for geeks that aren't reading? Well, well it's definitely a good jumping on place because it's going you know somewhere completely new. The issue six hundred was mostly more of the older stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you had a Gail Simone story. Uh, and people yeah. love her as, as, the, yeah. as Wonder Woman. I, Gail, Gail Simone's Wonder Woman I thought was a fantastic run. Um, I guess, you know, I don't think she was ready to leave it. I'm surprised that they had to leave it. I don't know if it came from Straczynski's interest or what have you. But, you know, I mean, that happened. It, it, issue 600 is a really good issue. It, 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 you know, it's very thick. It's a lot of different creators, you know, working on it. Um, and it was really good. And it, it ended with, um, you know, the beginning of Straczynski's run, which apparently, I mean, it's, it's out there. There's, you know, um, interviews all over with, you know, Jim Lee and, you know, and he and, you know, talking about where he's going. And it's this reimagining, which, uh, frankly, you know, my issue is that I, I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. You know, John Byrne did this at, at great length, most in particularly with Donna Troy. Mm -hmm. This idea that something's happened in the past and the gods, you know, you know, getting involved. And now Themyscira disappeared, you know. Years ago, Wonder Woman has no memory of growing up on it, and you know she's they're making her urban. You know, it's kind of like crossing her with what, what Black white? Canary became. Why is she still Greek? Yeah, yeah, it's you know she sort of knows she's learning about her heritage. She doesn't even have her full power. She's just getting stronger as it's going on. I'm like, you know, a lot of people are commenting about the costume change being reminiscent of what happened in the '60s with the mod outfit. What I haven't heard people saying yet, but most people refer to that time in Wonder Woman's history as really being well, arguably sacrilegious because it was more than a costume change. They took away her powers in the 60s and she was just doing judo. So you have this ridiculously powerful woman who is now unempowered. It was like, this is true. She could date Ian Kerner, the most powerful man. I'm not, no, you know, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe you had, have lost your powers. And now you're doing Krav Maga. And you don't remember because... Like, because the gods like, interfered yeah, in my life. Yeah, and, there you go. Yeah, I like it. I like it. This is, this is part of Ian Kerner's... Uh, we, well, we coming would, on Geekscape is part yeah. of my apotheosis. Well, we would keep, I would keep talking about it, but I'm afraid of unlocking your true powers. Ah, I see, I yeah. see. So anyway... Um, Gilmore is like one of your rogues gallery. Right, right. He's Mr. Glass. <laughs> He's Mr. Glaig. <laughs> you touch him and he gets he hurt. He breaks, right. Um, so speaking of Straczynski, um, Amazing Spider-Man Presents American Sun issue number two came out this and week. And this is a book that I didn't pick up because, I, you know, I read in the, uh, you know, in the, in the almost weekly Spider-Man book when they did the whole Harry Osborn, we're going to give you armor and we're going to juice you up and make you American Sun when Norman Osborn was in charge. I liked that storyline. It was good. But... You know, watching your budget with these things, I start getting a little... I liked it, but it, it wasn't anything where I was like, oh, I want to read a, a limited series with Harry Osborn as American Son, which is what I thought this was. You know, so I didn't pick up the first issue when it came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, and now you're telling me that it's something that's actually interesting, which goes back to a right. storyline that I really liked, which a lot of people didn't like. I liked it. I like the I like very creators, controversial. I like creators well, taking risks. I will enjoy I do. that. I will enjoy I do. that over I do. else. I do. And I, I loved J. Michael Krasinski's run on Spider-Man. Um, but in doing the, so, he did this. Yes. The controversial thing he did is he kind of, he kind of, if you go back to the issues, you know, right before Gwen Stacy died at Norman's hand. She goes to um, 
She'd gone to Europe mm -hmm. in the book. Actually, she went to Europe, um, it was about a year and a half before. Right. Um, and so she's kind of mostly out of the book for, for a bit. And what they've now written in is around the time of Harry's problem with drugs, Straczynski wrote in this idea that he was really upset about it and Gwen comforted him. Next thing you knew, he was fucking him. And that, and, okay. that is, and that is Norman Osborn. Yes, Norman Osborn. And, and, so, so, and so he hit her in Europe. Well, no, yeah. she went to Europe right. and she had the babies. The babies, the, baby, the you twins. You twins, who then he took the babies. And because of the goblin formula, you know, they grew at an accelerated rate. And now, you know, they've come back in. The daughter looks just like Gwen. And the son is, you know, homicidal, of course. And they actually thought that Spider-Man was their father and, you know, that and it was his fault them. that yeah. their mother died and they wanted to kill him. Well, anyway. And that was a Straczynski run. Yeah, That was yeah. in the Straczynski run. Yes. I, and that kind of it was like, all right, it's goofy. People are really, like, screaming bloody murder for making Gwen sleep with Norman Osborn. Yes, yes. But whatever. Do something with these characters. I, no, I, I agree with you. It was interesting. It was dark. You know, it actually, the moment of it was, was you know, there's Gwen and she's, you know, the thought balloon is basically, you know, here he is and he's this... You know, I, I have a boyfriend, but here's the powerful father of, you know, my boyfriend's best friend, you know, and he, in this moment he's vulnerable, so I'm going to spread my legs. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting statement about, you know, what Straczynski thinks of women, and look, you know, the truth is, sometimes this is exactly why women will sleep with you. You know, because the powerful man who never shows, you know, chink in his armor is suddenly being vulnerable and crying, and, you know... Women's hormones get all messed up by that. And sometimes all she comforts them, uh, and that leads to sex. Sometimes all you get is free movie tickets. Sometimes that happens too. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the sun pops up in this book. It's the, all about okay, his coming. Son, and you don't know where the sister is. Right, the right. twin sister. But the son shows up, and now he's got the now he has the American sun armor. Well, Ali, at the end, it's like apparently he has the armor. But the big thing is, it opens up with he shoots Harry, and it's a whole thing about he wants Norman's attention. You know, it's like, oh, you know, uh, you know, Norman has not the son. It's not just all about, you know, Harold Osborn. Right. Um, kind of interesting. You don't know where the girl is. I right. might, I might pick that up. Yeah, that it's kind of interesting. Um, Who's taking care of that book? Whose book is that? Uh, I think Brian Reed wrote it. Okay. And who, who I like a lot. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing, you know, I think you guys on Geekscape have heard me talk before. You, know, Jonathan, and I have talked a lot about the whole one more day, brand new day thing. Yes. You know, what I've consistently and said is, is it time to call it a day. What's that? Well, is it time to call it a day? Well, well here's the thing. It's the next storyline coming up after the gauntlet in Amazing Spider-Man. It's right. been all this time. They're finally going to supposedly give us these answers. One moment in time. Dude, 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 seriously. That's what it's called. I know, I know. I'm going to be sick. Um, it's called Omit. One moment in time. Yes, exactly. Clever. Clown. Yeah, it sounds like they're just gonna retcon again. Well, well, or do something. Well, here's the thing that I that's been and interesting. They've upped the is, prices on Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man is now like a three ninety nine book, and it's still coming out three times a month. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. but but the thing is that that you know for a while so how can you that, get rid of that. Well, wait, 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 for, for a while they tried to step away from what came before, and what's become increasingly evident is almost. We even like in the current in the Gauntlet storyline, they brought Ezekiel back in. Mm -hmm. I so saw that. again, that was cool. they're they're acknowledging, in essence, when they start a brand new day, it was like they washed away everything that Jim Akrosinski did. Right, and now they're coming. Now they're and, they're bringing him back a little. Yeah, it's, it's, they, they it's, brought it's, back the twins. And when I saw Ezekiel on that page, I was totally into it. I, I'm liking this Gauntlet storyline. Oh, Gauntlet's great. Yeah, Gauntlet's cool, Gauntlet's and it's great. dark, and Spider-Man's getting his ass whipped back and forth, yeah. which is how we like yeah. him. Yeah, I, I did have a little bit of elation that 
Ezekiel had because I loved the Ezekiel storyline. I loved yeah. the idea that there's this carnal, almost spiritual link between uh, you know because you look at his entire rogues gallery and it's all animal. Right. Well, the tongue thing. Yeah. Well, and, and and I actually really like the idea of bringing the Ezekiel, the idea of Ezekiel back in with Craven. Uh huh. You know, because again, as you say, it's the whole thing about the totems, and that's been very much a big part of Craven. You know, especially right. in right before he died, it became very much about that about him becoming the spider, and you know, um, I mean, the last issue came out last week, and the whole—I mean, obviously, it was Kane that they killed, right. not Peter. You right. know, I, I don't think I ruined that for anyone. Important. Uh, Kane just—if Kane is so much more stronger or more powerful than Peter, I know he, he just went out like a bitch. Yeah, he yeah. Just, yeah. He's constantly getting his ass whooped. Yeah, it's. It's unbelievable. Um, what else are you reading? Uh, well, you know, I read a lot, but you know, I, I made a list of some things to talk right. about for this week. Um, I made it to the comic store, so we right. Uh, the uh, Invincible Iron Man Annual by Matt Fraction, fantastic. I gotta pick that up. The, the, sure this book, up. this book, it's it's ostensibly you know a Mandarin origin, but actually what's done is the Mandarin comes and he kidnaps like one of the greatest filmmakers alive, who's a Chinese filmmaker, and his wife. You know, and then he's periodically like he's putting the wife in the harem. I mean, what he's just doing to this guy, and he's trying to retread his history. And what what Fraction does here is very interesting, because you end up realizing that you don't know that much about the Mandarin. The Mandarin's always said that he's you know this descendant of Genghis Khan, and in this book you actually find out he's completely full of shit. <laughs> okay, and he's trying to change it. Oh, it's it's fantastic. What do you think it would take to put the Mandarin character in an Iron Man movie? Well, that's the other thing that's interesting in this. It, it seemed like there was a little bit of a retread here where everything that we saw in Iron Man 1 that led us to think it's the, the rings. The nine rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ten rings. Ten rings. Of the man. Ten fingers. Right. Got it. You know, that they actually in this, you, when you see the story, they have the character that is, it's, it, it's more than implied that like right out of the movie that he's working for the Mandarin. Yeah, so it's it's almost like Matt Fraction is like nudging yeah. Marvel Studios yes. and being like, this would be a good way to do it. Very this much This would be so. a cool way to do it. Okay, so if Very you guys so. want some kind of like a playful hint as to what it could possibly be in the Iron Man movies. I, I mean, when I look at the Marvel Universe... Uh, well, let me now, just now say, the, the, the book ends. Thor, I don't see... Hopefully there's a bridge into some of the magic stuff. Yeah, no, oh, I yeah. think absolutely. Especially since um, they, they say, you know, they're starting to... Move, they hired writers for Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, they, they it's are some going some magic there. in these Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, they're going there. Um, but this... Uh, okay, th this annual, I mean... I, technically, Iron Man's not in it. Sure, which but is it's cool. worth reading. Yeah, yeah, and I say technically for a reason, but, you know, I know we just bothers a lot on here. And maybe, you know, I don't care what you guys think, but Jonathan hasn't read it yet, and that yeah. I want him to All read right. it. Uh, because, you know, so I'm a prick like that. Um, but no, no, it, it's a really good book. He gets offended uh, when I don't call him in a while to talk about the stuff that we geek out about. You know? Well, it's, I, it's, I, disappointed. I, well, I, I get offended you, when you, you don't like return, like, you know, seven calls. You like our talks. You know? But, yeah, I, I enjoy our talks. If it's not going to be here, then i like us to in talk either In my guess, it's, is, it's because uh, he wants to talk about this stuff with people the rest of his life but they just won't stomach it like people at his office that's like, not what it is like Ian no. approaches the water cooler and everybody's like he's no, gonna, he's gonna talk all. about JSA again no no no, no. <laughs> I only talk about comics to people that read comics okay you know I, I get disappointed I so. in people like you that maybe you know you don't read certain things that are great and, you know I mean have we ever had a conversation with The Walking Dead or Invincible because you're always six months behind we'll talk about that by the way Invincible this week Fucking awesome. Can't talk to you about Can't it. Can't talk to me about it. 
Fucking lame ass motherfucker. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Deadpool. The audience likes when you beat me up. I think too. Yeah, well, you know, or, or, it's easy enough. I, th- I think it's on the fence. Some of them are, feel bad for me, and some others are like, I no like, one feels I like, bad I like for it you. when Jonathan gets. No hit one feels bad for you. Come on, it's something worth talking about on the forums. Do you yes. like it when Jonathan gets hit in the face with a pie? I, I can see why it I, has I could, its benefits. Well, I think that when I go off on you, I always have a legitimate reason. Right. Right. I don't do it. Even it, if you're, it, a bit, you're a bit intense. It, no, it's not like it's Gilmore. Most, you're the most dangerous man in the world. Uh, that's not true. But it's not like it's Gilmore and we pick on Gilmore because he's there and he's Gilmore. He I don't Gilmore. pick on you for just being you. I pick on you for doing something I consider really yeah, stupid. And not in line with me. Right. 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 Um, well, it is hard to... Get, Laura reads all the trades mm-hmm. that I like. So it's hard to be like, oh, here, here are these Different. nine single issues. Okay, all right. You know? All right, you know, you've never said that before, and I, I guess I oh, kind of appreciate Oh, she reads that. The Walking Dead trades before I do. Okay. It's insane. All right, so, so so your point being that you have to buy it and trade anyway, so you may as well just buy it and trade, and you're not going to buy it both ways. Because she's not going to be something all of her trades. She's not going to have I give her, like, single issues of comics, and she doesn't read them. The only single issue she read was Beasts of Burden. She read all four Beasts of Burden. That was it, which mm-hmm. is a great book. It came out in hardback this week. Okay. That, that's legitimate. I wanted to say something on, on Deadpool. You know, every time I turn around, it's another Deadpool book. Oh, God, I'm and sick I know, of it. Yeah, you don't like it. I, I like Deadpool as a character. I mean, fun character. They change him a bit. But it's like, then they end the book, they start another book. Um, it's like they took Wolverine and Spider-Man in the annoying parts of both of them and shoved them together. It's a mouthy Wolverine. It's true. And it's like... It's true. I, I, I like the character, but, um, you know... But it doesn't have the vulnerability or the reason... Of either character. Well, I, I have a mini rant on this one. It. Yeah, I mean, I want there was that, but then you know they're doing one called Wade Wilson's War, and it actually started off really interesting. It's like he's before a Senate committee and he's talking about stuff, and suddenly the latest issue comes out, and they're talking about like, like the Weapon X program, and now all of a sudden, Bullseye, Domino, and Silver Sable, who in the first issue was really kind of cool, they're on this kill squad together, and that I'm buying, but now we come to find out they actually all have a version of the Weapon X formula too. So now suddenly, uh-huh. two of those three characters never had powers before. Right. Now Bullseye's unerring accuracy is because of Weapon X inoculation. And Silver Sable apparently has powers that she never had before. That's stupid. And Domino, who was a mutant, now her mutant powers, she's no longer a mutant. But they've come uh, from the form. Yeah, that's I'm true. hoping that as this book goes on, we're going to say actually bullshit they weren't really right. inoculated. Because right now, I'm a little bit upset. Because you know, we've got Domino running around as one of the last mutants. You know, an X-Force, mm-hmm. but no, not really. No, no. You know? Now, the only decent thing about that is there's the implication that that's why they're long-lived, because you have Domino, going back to Domino's origins, she seemingly was a, you know, a member of Cable's Wild Pack, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever, you know, 30 years earlier, and she's still running around hot and looking like she's in her 20s, <laughs> you know? So, you know, and she's Bang, not Mystique or Wolverine, Wolverine right? you know? So, right. you know, but that, that kind of bothered me. Anyway, I was a little excited about Deadpool. Um, Thor, been solid. It's still a good That's book. Really, I hopped I, off I, of it with Jay. Uh, you know, Gillen's been doing a good job. You know, I, I still it, it's a good book. Okay, it's good. I really liked it. Um, action comics. We can talk a little bit more about DC. Um, this was the first issue. Uh, no, not Superman. Superman's no longer the star of action comics. Who's Lex Luthor is now the star of action comics. Huh? Yeah, that's right. You heard me. If you, if you, re- you know I hopped off with all the whole Kryptonian But yeah, they've, thing they've, like, they've been doing previews of it in mm-hmm. almost every DC book the last couple weeks. And what happens? Um, well, Lex Luthor, having gotten a taste of the power of a power ring, is obsessed now. Which is cool. And I, and I do exactly. like those moments in Brightest Day. Right. So I do that, like those. So that, that's, the, that's the thing. This book is Luthor is obsessed. 
and he's obsessed with the Black Ring, and he wants to find out how a Power Ring is created, and he wants he wants it for himself. I love how every DC book is wholly becoming an offshoot of the Green Lantern stories. <laughs> well, I like that this great story is for this still repercussions. Right. And right. Brightest Day is actually about something. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think it's kind of cool. The Green Lantern book came out. Um, you know, they, they have a big story developing with Atrocitus. Yes. You know, it's an interesting, great use of Lubba. But Atrocitus, they're sharing Atrocitus between that and... I, I mean, are they, how consistent are they being? Because Atrocitus is also popping up brightest day. No, they're being extremely or, consistent, yeah. actually. Yeah, and so is Hal and everything else in the White Lantern. No, it's very consistent. Because he showed up on a subway train and was like puking. No, I'm telling you, the, 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 then... this book was good. It's a really good use of Lobo. Mm-hmm. And you actually got in the backup tale, you got the story of the uh, the cat Red Lantern. Which is funny because he was also on that subway train when they kind of yeah. did the Predator 2 sequence. Yeah. And that was funny as hell. Yeah, dude, well, this this issue was good. Mm-hmm. There's really like good. purse snatchers on a subway train and the, ki- the kitty cat Red Lantern shows up and just starts puking on <laughs> Right. No, it was awesome. It was awesome. And what else good do you recommend for, for our comic book fans? And what do you recommend for those of us who are like, oh, Ian Kerner's on, he's going to talk comics, I'll turn the volume down and do something else. I recommend you go fuck yourself. Yeah, but what would you recommend to, to get some of those people over to the side? Dude, this is Geekscape, right? Mm-hmm. People, That's people kind of what that... I'm saying. I'm like, you know, because people are like, oh, we like video games, you don't do that enough. Oh, you guys definitely do movies enough. But the, but the one that people sometimes complain about is the comics. And it's like, dude, this is there, there's a reason why there's a reason why some of the greatest movies and greatest video games are based on comic books. Mm-hmm. I mean, comic books, you know, dude, it, it's it's it, 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 story wise. Did you have the PS3 Arkham Asylum? Oh fucking hell! A friend of mine had got it for me a while ago. What about this wait. Web of Shadows? Uh, Spider Man Web of Shadows. You play as six sixteen Spider Man. You can also play as Spider Man Noir. And, and there's two more universes that they were going to reveal. And at E3, they revealed that one of the twenty ninety nine. Twenty ninety nine. Okay. And then if you order early, you can... Uh, Those of us that actually even know him, the guy Iron, you, can, you can play as Iron Spider. Oh, that's You can get that. You can just play in the costume. Right. Well, but, well but that, what else is that? But it's kind of look, it kind of looks like Activision has... No, wait, wait. Seen, which seen, Iron Spider? Yeah, right. Which one? Are we talking about the original Iron Spider from the 90s? No, or are we talking about Tony Stark? It's Tony Stark's Iron Spider. Okay. But, but we're, 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 we're looking at this, and uh, it, it's kind of like Activision saw the success of, of Ar- Arkham Asylum. Because after Arkham Asylum came out, the head of Activision goes, like one of the guys in Activision goes, yeah, the Spider-Man games have been shit recently. And we got to fix that. And now it looks like they're trying to step up their game. With the, cool. With, 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 I'll get I it. I would love that. Okay. I was disappointed with Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. Yeah. No, no. The first games, I'm going, it's Arkham Asylum and um, uh, Force Unleashed for me. Uh, Force Unleashed 2. What, what pisses me off about Force Unleashed 2 is when you see the trailer. Well, I'm, I'm starting with the any, first one. Well, what pisses me off about those games is, is it's, it works concurrently with a lot of the Star Wars stories we know. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting like a giant mechanized spider weapon. I'm like, oh yeah, why didn't you use that against the Ewoks? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, right. It's hard for like the game designers to put these badass machines into a video game in a storyline that's supposed to happen during stories that we've already heard. Where the fuck are those amazing machines? Like the E3 trailer for Force Unleashed 2 had like the main dude who I call Doomsday because he played Doomsday on uh, on um, on Smallville. Right. And you see him... Sam like, Witwer. Yeah, you see Sam Witwer as the Jedi bad guy like smacking up this, this mechanized spider. I'm like, oh, that would have been effective against the b- By the way, good, good uh, transition. Uh, being human, 
Great BBC oh, and it's show. In the in the DVDs, it, the season one DVD is coming out. Okay, yeah, it's. I mean, I I can't wait to ca- catch up on that show. Cause yeah, it's really good. It's, you, 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 have you, have you seen it or not? I I, down, I watched the first few episodes okay. on my computer, and I just couldn't get it through a full season. I can't watch stuff on my computer. I gotta okay. watch them on my TV. What what surprised me about I that show, and, and this is what you see. And we interviewed the director, the the, the guy, Toby uh, Whitmore, or or uh, I just posted that interview. I'll have to check it out. He's the man. All right. Well, well, wait, wait, wait. You see, in, in, what the British shows do a lot is, you know, they they don't worry about a slow burn. Like they'll just go ahead and like they kind of drop their load in six episodes. They're like, yeah, let's just keep moving along. You know, we're not. You know, there's no status quo. It's not like you get like maybe an episode or two of status quo. You think, oh, that's what the show's gonna be about, and then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, oh yeah, she's obsessed with her ex. Oh yeah, let's just move past that. You know, like you know the, the guy. Oh, yo, yeah, the ghost. Oh, yeah, he killed her. I think you know, it's, D- like, it's I quick. Think, I think the DVD. Well, don't spoil too much. Uh, I think the DVD. Why the show? The show came out a while. But, but I'm telling you guys, because uh, a lot of the American viewers like this. This show's finally. It's hitting, been airing on BBC America. Yeah, but it's finally hitting D- uh, DVD. The season one's finally coming out on DVD for the US. You can finally get it on Netflix. No, because season two is actually awesome. going to start on BBC America shortly. Guys, uh, we're almost done with our show. So. Uh, just got to tell you guys in closing, check out Geekscape's website. We have a review of Crackdown 2 up. That's the big video game that came out this week. Supposedly not as good as Crackdown 1. Uh, but look for us at Comic-Con. Look for Ian Kerner at Comic-Con hanging out at the Geekscape booth. We may want to have a signing with you as the most dangerous man in the world. Uh, you know I hate that. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at geekscape.net, spelled out. Uh, but just search for us, because we'll be there. Ian, are you not on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. Okay, but you're on Facebook. So. I'm on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. You can't add Laura. I, you can possibly add Fa- uh, Ian. I, I I have I have never followed anyone on Twitter. Maybe you should follow Super Action Man, who on July 4th made a uh, an account. So, uh, guys, that's Geekscape. We're gonna have Maureen Kerner very soon. Uh, but we'll see you guys in San Diego. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, go check out the website, geekscape.net. Laura, you don't really have to do that. It's fine. No. Oh, okay, bye. Roll out. Laura's like standing there trying to turn it off. I'm like, no, no, just let it roll out. But this is uh, Ian Kerner. Ian, we obviously didn't have enough time for you again. <laughs> it's amazing yeah. how we have you on the show. We just never, ever have enough time for you. Well, we're talking. Next, the audience is going to be like, he's on once a month. And it's two-hour episodes. <laughs> uh-huh.